Jesus, thank you that, um, that you came, that you were willing, that you volunteered uh, and said yes to the Father's plan to take on flesh, to do something about our sin problem. Jesus, thank you for living perfectly. Thank you for dying on the cross and for the reminder this past Christmas Eve that uh, we were made to be in relationship with a person. And Jesus, we are excited uh, this morning as Smiley comes to speak to remind us and to proclaim that we were also made for a place. And so as he opens up scripture, would you open our ears and eyes and hearts and minds to receive whatever it is that you might want to speak to us, Holy Spirit. And pray that we would walk out of here joyful, knowing that we have a place with our Heavenly Father. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Strider. For those of you who've been reading with us through the New Testament, our scripture reading this morning is from Revelation 21. It's what you'll be reading this week. It is our uh, campus pastor, Andy Herko's last Sunday, and, and we asked him what he wanted to speak on. He wanted to speak on heaven, and he picked this passage. Uh, if you're new, welcome. We believe the Bible is God's word. We love to open it up and, and read it together and get to know Jesus together. So in Revelation 21, starting in verse 1, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. And he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. He who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Um, this time of year is known as, as Advent, and historically during this time, Advent means coming. The church has taken time to look back at Jesus' first coming, which we did on Thursday evening, and we celebrated how Jesus came to seek and save the lost. But at the same time, the church has historically looked ahead to Jesus' second coming, where Jesus is coming back to make all things new. And Thursday, we looked back. Today we're going to look ahead. We're going to focus in on heaven. And the point of today's message is heaven changes everything. The more you understand where we're headed, the more that changes everything in our lives, that heaven changes everything. Now, my experience with Christians is that most of them know they're going to heaven, but they really don't know much about heaven, and so they're not too excited about going there. They kind of have a little fuzzy thinking. They imagine they're going to be floating in the clouds forever. It's going to be an endless choir practice with bad bathrobes and not too excited about going there. And and I think that's going to change today as we really begin to unpack where we're headed. Matter of fact, our purpose as a church is going to come up. Uh, Will you say this with me? It's to make disciples together 
Let's, you can do a better job. Let's say that to make disciples together. Just this week, I was speaking with a lady, and she said, Smiley, does Good News have a, um, a new believers class? And I said, no. And she said, well, what do you do with new believers? Well, we, wanna, we want you to win people to faith in Christ, your friends and your family members. And when they do, we would love for you to help them grow, to, to disciple them. So we have a, a, a little path here that when you win someone, then we want to build them up. We want to help them know who they are and where they belong and why they're here. But also we want them to know their hope. Their hope, where am I going? So what I want to do today is I want to build you up. I want you to know where you're going. I want you to be so excited about where you're going and what heaven will be like to build you up. But I also want to equip you so that when you win someone to faith in Christ, you can pass on to them what I'm teaching you today. So you need to pay attention so you can be, both be built up and equip others. And really to encourage you in that, uh, if you've not picked up one of these, <clears throat> it's a little booklet. It's, it's in, the, in the lobby. It's called Heaven by Randy Elkhorn. It's just a little booklet about what God has in store for us. And it's so much more than you've imagined. And if you do this and you enjoy it, which I have, then you might be ready for the big boy here, okay? It's about a thousand pages. It's a great, great book. And what he does, he takes all the different Bible passages that talk about what God has in store for us. And it's really, really amazing because when you really understand where we're going, listen, heaven changes everything. So, um, Jesus is coming back. <clears throat> um, that is a major doctrine in the New Testament. Did you know in the New Testament, the return of Christ is spoken, to, spoken of at least 300 times? That's about one in every 13 verses in the New Testament. Speak about the day, that day. And what will happen when Jesus comes back? When Jesus comes back, now this is all the people who have ever lived will be bodily raised from the dead. Everybody is going to be raised from the dead bodily, bodies and spirits reunited. Then there will be a judgment day, and it will be everlasting life for some and everlasting punishment for others. Everlasting life for those who believe, those who are prepared, and everlasting punishment for those who aren't prepared. If it were today, would you be prepared? Would, would, would the people you love, would, would they be prepared? So, um, if we're going to spend eternity somewhere, where will believers spend eternity? Do you know that we're going to spend eternity on earth? Did you know that? That heaven is going to come to earth. Let me show you. Verse 1 that I saw, a new heaven. Heaven is where God dwells and a new earth. You see the word new here is the Greek word kairos, which doesn't mean brand new, but what it means is purified, renewed. So I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. Heaven is where God is. Heaven is where the party is, and when Jesus comes back, the party's coming to earth. Heaven is coming to earth. We're going to spend eternity on earth, a new earth, and what will it be like? 
Verse 5, and he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. He's going to renew all things. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. That means write it down. It's going to happen. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Now, we began this year in Genesis, and we're ending it in Revelation. Why? Because God is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning, and he's the end. And, and Genesis and Revelation are very, very connected. Uh, this year, we've been learning the story of the Bible, and we say the whole story of the Bible is the gospel. The whole story of the Bible is how Jesus seeks and saves the lost. But we've learned there's four chapters in the one story, and if we want to understand heaven really well, we have to go back and understand the beginning. So we began this year in Genesis 1, and we looked at chapter 1 of the great story called creation, and we looked at the most important verse in the Bible, which is the... It's the first verse, right? The very first verse in the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God made everything, and it was very good. And so what we learned in the beginning is God created us for a person and a place. Oh. Wow, in the beginning, God was so excited. He made paradise on earth. He made a place and then God made man and put him in that place, and then God walked with man in paradise on earth. We were created for a person and a place. God walked with people on earth. That's how it was in the beginning. And then you say, well, what happened? Well, then we moved on to chapter 2 of the great story, which is called Fall, and that is our first parents sinned against God, and the fall wrecked everything, right? wrecked everything. And so, because of the fall, we were separated from God and from paradise. So in chapter 2, there's no person, no place. No person, no place. Why doesn't God do something? He has. That's chapter 3. That's redemption. That's what we celebrated on Thursday. We looked at how Jesus came to seek and save the lost. We saw how the, the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. So Jesus came to seek and save sinners. And the moment we believe in Jesus, we're restored to the person we were made for. We are friends with Jesus. We get to do life with Jesus. So in chapter 3, where we are, person, yes. Um, are we in paradise? You guys there, are we in paradise? No. So person, yes, but place, no. And that's why, while we're living in chapter 3, we look forward to chapter 4. Chapter 4 is when Jesus comes back. And, and chapter 4 is called consummation. Then person and place. Heaven is going to come to earth, so we'll get to do life with the person we always wanted. But place, we love earth, will be on earth made new. Oh, we were created for a person, weren't we? And isn't that why verse 3 sounds go so good? And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. <clears throat> Remember the tabernacle in the Old Testament? That's where God's presence dwelt among his people. And then a little later there was what? There was the, the temple. And the temple is where God dwelt among his people. And then what did we celebrate at Christmas? That the word became flesh and pitched his tent, his tabernacle here. So Jesus was here, right? And then now we're where God dwells on earth. But one day heaven will come to earth and, and God will walk among us. Just like it was in the beginning. Just like God walked with Adam and Eve in paradise. So it will be because we were created for a person. But we were also created for a place, right? And uh, 
So heaven is going to come to earth and the earth is going to be remade. And you say, well, what's it going to be like? It's going to be like the first five minutes after a nightmare. You ever have a nightmare? Anybody here have a nightmare? I do. I have them all the time. And one of my reoccurring ones that I had this week is that I'm back in seminary. Seminary is where you go to learn to be a pastor. And, and like I'm way too old to be in school. But I have this nightmare that I'm in seminary. And why did I quit my job? Why am I here? I don't want a doctorate. I, I love what I was doing. Why am I here? Why am I here? And then I wake up. And all those things I feared, what, they're suddenly untrue. And I still have my dream job, and I'm still here. So one day soon, we're going to wake up. And everything broken and sad in this world will suddenly be untrue. Don't you look forward to that moment? And everything beautiful and wonderful about earth will be there. What are the things that break our hearts? Listen to verse 4. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Wouldn't you love on a, to live on earth with no tears, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? No more divorce, no more racism, no more bullying, no more tears. And there will be no, no longer be any death. Oh, I hate death, don't you? You know why we hate death? Because we weren't created to die. Death is the result of the fall, and I hate death. I have done so many funerals. Parents, grandparents, children, brothers, sisters, young, old. You know how many hospital rooms I've been in? Do you know how many hospice rooms I've been in ministering to people who are dying? I hate death, and one day soon there will be no more death. Wouldn't you love to live on earth with no more deaths, no more murder, no more wars, no more, no more car accidents, no more death. Listen, there will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. Don't you look forward to a time where there's no more blind, no more deaf, no more lame, no more special needs. Listen, that we are made new people, right? And we are given new bodies, and our new bodies never get old, and they don't get COVID-19, right? No sickness. Don't we long to live in such a world? One day, it will be true. Because we were created and we were saved for a person and a place. And one day, we will have new bodies, and we will walk with Jesus on a new earth. And oh, it's going to be more amazing than anything we can imagine. I love how it's described in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard. I mean, have you seen some amazing things? Have you heard things way beyond that? Things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. You ever think about creation? God made paradise on earth. He made paradise on earth. And then he created Adam and Eve in his image, and he brought them into paradise and says, look what I have made for you. And in chapter 4, that's going to be done as well, that, that the world is going to be remade, and Jesus is going to come and, and have us be with him person and place forever. And you say, well, well, what will we do forever? What will we do? 
Listen to verse 5. He says, Behold, I am making all things new. He's going to make everything new. So we're going to do what he created us to do in the first place, right? And he made us to... You know what he made us for? To work. What are we going to do on the new earth? We're going to work because God works and he made us in his image to work. And a lot of you are going, wow, that's going to be fun. But aren't there days at work? Aren't there days at work when work just goes right and don't you feel fulfilled? So what work will be like is, listen, we won't have employees stealing from us or we won't have a terrible boss. You know, those things won't happen. And, you know, we won't, we won't have all the frustrations, but we will work because God made us to work. And know what we'll do? We'll eat. Don't you like to eat? I mean... Have you ever thought about how good food tastes with broken bodies and a broken world? You ever just stop how much of the talk about the new earth, the Bible talks about feasting and drinking, together we'll eat, and uh, we'll travel. All those places we never got a chance to travel here, we'll be able to see, and not only that, but there won't be any plane crashes or car crashes, right? Wouldn't that be a great time to travel? And we'll get to learn. I mean, there'll be museums and, and orchestras, and we'll get to enjoy all of those things. And don't you look forward to learning all the great heroes of our faith? We get to talk to Mary or to Joseph or to Paul or to Abraham, and, hey, tell me about it, right? Oh, and we'll worship. We'll worship. It sure seems like we're going to have new bodies, but Jesus will still have his, his wounds. And every time we see him, we'll say, thank you, thank you, thank you for the price that you paid that we could have these things. Because what we long for, new bodies with the person we were made for and the place we were made for is what we will enjoy forever if we are in Christ. So Smiley, if, if that's chapter 4, if that's what's coming, what happens to someone who dies now? What happens to people who die before Jesus comes back? So let, let's think through that for a little bit. And first of all, um, there's two kinds of people. Some people die prepared and some people die unprepared. Some people die as believers and some people die in their sin. And, and two vastly different things happen. So what happens when someone dies unprepared? What happens when someone dies outside of Christ? Um, listen to verse 8. But for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Listen, don't get mad at me. I'm here to communicate to you what the Bible teaches. And what the Bible says is, listen, don't fear the first death, physical death, but fear the second death, which is hell, which is eternal separation from God. When someone dies in their sins, their body is laid in their grave, and their spirit goes to hell. Where they wait for the resurrection of their body, when their bodies and spirits are reunited, and then, after judgment, they will be cast into hell, body and spirit, forever. If you want to understand what happens to unbelievers, let me illustrate it with what happens to a criminal in our country. Let's say you have someone, and they've committed a crime, and the police arrest them. Where do the police take them? They take them where? You're, you're right. One, jail. And what is jail? Jail is a temporary 
holding place where people wait what? Their day in court. So, so jail is a temporary holding place where people go who've been arrested where they wait their day in court and then if they're condemned, where are they sent? To prison, which is a long-term holding place for people paying the penalty for what they have done. And um, that's what the Bible teaches to those who die outside of Christ. And, and I know people don't talk about hell anymore, but it's right here in the Bible. It's my job to explain it to you. And I know some of you say, well, Smiley, how could a loving God send people to hell forever? And um, that's a good question. But I want you to know I have a better question for you. Listen carefully. How could God send people to heaven who don't want to be there? Have you ever thought about that? If you wonder how could God send people to hell, how could God send people to heaven who don't want to be there? Listen, Jesus came to give eternal life to all who believe. And so we're here on earth as the church to plead with people, believe in Jesus, believe in Jesus, and live with him forever, and live with him forever. But some people say, I don't want to do life with Jesus. And I don't want to do eternity with Jesus. And so in the end, Jesus just gives to people exactly what they want. That the people who don't want to be with him he doesn't force them to be, and so they're separated from him and from all good things forever. And those who want to be with him get to be with him. How about you? So that's what happens to someone who dies outside of Christ. Well, what happens when someone dies as a believer? What happens? Doesn't our passage tell us? Verse 6, then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. Jesus gives water, he gives life to those who believe. He who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. I want you to understand <clears throat> eternal life, what that word means. You know John 3:16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish. But notice, have. As a present reality, eternal life. Eternal life for a Christian doesn't begin when they die. Eternal life begins the moment someone believes. The moment someone believes, they move from death to life and they have eternal life. And most Christians will experience, those that die before Christ will experience eternal life in three states, good, better, and best. Are you a Christian? What do you have to look forward to? Good, better, and best. That's pretty good, isn't it? See, eternal life is good now. It's good now because the moment we believe, we get to do life with the person we were created for. We get to do life with Jesus, so eternal life is good now. Well, what happens when a believer dies? When a believer dies, his body is laid in the grave, his spirit immediately goes to be with Jesus, so it gets better in what's called the intermediate state, which is heaven. That we, though our body stays here, go to be with Jesus. And you say, well, Smiley, uh, how do you know that? Well, don't you remember Jesus talking to the thief on the cross? Don't you remember what he said? Jesus said to the thief next to him on the cross, what? Today, what, you will be with me where? In parent See, person and place? He said, you'll have the person and the place. You'll be with me today. You ever stop and think of that? You wonder about death? Here's a guy 
on the cross. The thief experiencing what? Unbelievable pain and torment, right? And then what? In a moment, what? He's with Jesus in paradise. The people we have loved in Christ, the, the moment they died, they were with Jesus in paradise. And the reason that we don't have to fear death is the moment we die, Jesus says to us, today, you'll be with me in paradise. Absent from the body is to be at home with the Lord. That's where it's better. That's the intermediate state. But I want you to know the best is yet to come. Because the best is when Jesus comes back, our bodies are going to be raised up and we're going to be whole forever. That's when we'll have the person and place on earth forever. Okay? Have you tracked with me? What we've learned about is that heaven changes everything when we understand that we were created for a person and a place. And when we believe in Jesus, that we'll get to enjoy the person and place here on earth forever. So, if that's what we believe, if, then, then here's what I'd like for us to do this week. Our, our action step would be <clears throat> that we should act like heaven exists. I mean, we've talked about heaven, and, and so if, if it's true, and it is, we should act like it's true, and well, what would that look like? Well, the first thing that we would do if, if we believe that heaven existed is that we would believe in Jesus and make reservations for heaven, wouldn't we? I mean, if we really believed in heaven, wouldn't we want to make sure we were there? Uh, what do they say about real estate? It's all about what? Say, what is real estate about? It's about what? Location, 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 right? Uh, listen, when it comes to eternity, you know what it's all about? It's about location, location, location. We all have a choice. It's heaven or hell. It's eternal life or eternal punishment. And it's so important we choose eternal life. It's so important we choose heaven. It's so important we believe in Jesus so we can get there. You see, to get to heaven, <clears throat> we must understand and believe the gospel beginning with the bad news. The Bible says we have a problem called sin. Um, didn't we read about that in verse 8? Um, but for the cowardly? Know who that reminds me of? me. But for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers, remember what Jesus said about murder? He said, if we call our brother a, a fool, we're a murderer, right? And immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters. Every, ever put anything before God and idolaters? And I, I love this, that if that doesn't get you, then he says, what, and, and all liars. Ever tell a lie? Whoa, doesn't this describe us? Yes. The Bible says that all of us have sinned against God, and, and we're in big trouble. Well, what do we do? What do we do? We believe in Jesus. <clears throat> what did he say right above this? I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of water without cost. I'll give to the one who recognizes their sin. I'll give to the one who says, please forgive me. I'll give him eternal life without cost. He who overcomes these things will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. You see, we're all sinners. That's why Jesus came. The good news is Jesus came to save sinners. He died on the cross for our sins, and he offers us eternal life, forgiveness for our sins, the opportunity to do life in eternity with him. 
And what does he require of us? You heard me when I read it right. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world <clears throat> that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. How do you plan to get to heaven? By believing in you and your good works or by believing in Christ and what he did for us? Listen, my faith is in Jesus, not me. Won't you put your faith there? Believing in Jesus really is as simple as ABC. It's where we admit and believe and commit. Have you ever done that? Jesus, man, I've been a coward and I've had impure thoughts and, and, and I've told lies. I, I, I'm a sinner. Will you admit that? And then, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins so that sinners like me could live forever. And, and then we commit, Jesus, I'm going to trust you as my Savior, trusting you for forgiveness, trusting you for eternal life. I'm trusting you as Lord of my life. From now on, I want you to lead and I'll follow. And if you've never done that, won't you do that today? Won't you do that where you are before you leave? Won't you believe in Christ and make a reservation in heaven? To act, to act like heaven exists is to believe in Jesus and make reservations in heaven. Oh, to, to uh, act like heaven exists to me is... Um, um, we need to put our leash on every day. See this thing? Did you know that this changed my life? Did you know that? I'm old. I grew up before surfers had leashes. And we used to surf without a leash. And it was really, really different. We used to surf at the pier. And uh, at high tide, the, the waves would break on the rocks. And if you lost your board, know what happened to your board? It smashed into the rocks. And uh, surfing without a leash, we'd be out a couple of hundred yards. And if you lost your board in the winter, you had to swim in for 200 yards. You didn't want to swim 200 yards. So you know what? You didn't take many chances. And then all of a sudden, someone came up with a leash. And you know what happens when you put one end all around your ankle and you put the other end on your board? You know what happens? You can't lose. Listen, you can surf at the beach at high tide and your boards won't hit the rocks because if you fall off, you don't lose your board. And you can be out a couple hundred yards and you can fall off. And listen, you won't lose your board because your board's attached to you. I love to watch surfing videos. And the things that people do today, the reason that they're willing to take so many chances is they can't lose. Every day of my life, I wake up and I put on my leash. One end I put around my ankle and the other ankle, the other end, I tie around Jesus, and I live my life the way people surf when they have a leash that we can't lose. Let me show you that. In Philippians 1, verse 21, Paul says, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul says, Every day of my life, I get up, and I, and I tie my leash to Jesus, and I remember that I can't lose. Because if I live, it's all about Jesus. It's about making much of him. And if I die, I go to be with him. I win either way. Wouldn't we take more risk? Wouldn't we if we thought we couldn't lose? Um, but if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. And I do, do not know which to choose. Uh, you ever have to make a decision? Paul says, man, I have two great options in my life. 
But I am hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. I want you to know that Paul had seen heaven. He said going to be with Jesus is better, not just better, it's much better, not just much better, but very much better. Listen, I want to go and be with Jesus selfishly, yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Did you hear what Paul says? I want to go and be with Jesus. But listen, if I'm here, it's not because there's places I want to travel to or do things or live a long life. If I'm here, it's for others. Is that true of us? Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you for your progress and joy in the faith. I encourage you this week when you get up, listen, tie your leash to Jesus and you and say, Lord, I'm so thankful I can't lose. I can't lose because to live is Christ. It's about you. And if I die, it gets better. Listen, if you watch people surf, you can see it's different when people have a leash on and when they don't. Shouldn't people be able to see us and see that we live life differently because we've been leashed to Jesus? Oh, so first thing I want to do is I want to put on my leash. But you know what else I want to do? When I look around me and see all the people who are so afraid, I mean, you ever hear anything today about being safe? You ever hear that? We see people, and they're surrounded, and they're so scared because they're not leashed to Jesus. And so what we want to do is we want to offer them a leash. We want to say, listen, surfing with a leash is so different from surfing without one. Listen, living life with Jesus, knowing where you're going, is so different from not. Don't you want to know him too? Don't you? Oh, listen, we can share our leash with others through both word and deed, through both word and deed. We can share the gospel through word and deed. You say, well, how can we share the gospel through our deeds? Let me show you something. In verse 5, Behold, I am making all things new. Jesus is doing that now. Did you know that? Uh, when, when Jesus came to earth uh, in his first incarnation, didn't he make all things new? When Jesus was here on earth, didn't he give us just a little picture of what the new earth will be like, didn't he? When he opened the eyes of the blind, isn't that a little bit of what will happen when there will be no more blind? And when he healed the lame, isn't that a little picture of when there will be no more lame people? He gave people a picture. So when Jesus was here on earth, in his first incarnation, he gave people a little picture of what the new earth will be so that people would want to be there. Do you know what the second incarnation of Jesus is? Do you know what it is? It's, it's us. Do you realize that Jesus is living in us today and making all things new? Know what happens when anyone comes to faith in Christ? Listen to this. This is so good. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Wow, when we believe in Jesus, Jesus is already making things new. He's making us new. He's a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Do the, can the people around us and our family or work at school, can they see Jesus making us new? You see, Jesus is already at work making all things new. He's making us new, and then he's sending us out so that other people can get just a little picture of what the new earth will be like. He sends us into our families to renew our families. He sends us into the workplace to renew the workplace. He makes us a part of a church so there's a new community here on earth that gives people just a little picture 
of the new earth, so they'll want to be there. So listen, let's, let's offer our leash to others by letting other people see Jesus changing us. And then let's offer the gospel to others through our words. Um, did you know we had an election this year? Did you know that? And, and, and it's really interesting. One half the people in our country are really, really happy. A half the people. But know what's going to happen pretty soon? The person they voted for is going to disappoint them. Did you know that? He will, because leaders always disappoint. Because leaders promise they're going to make what? All things new. But know what happens? They can't do it. So all the people who are so excited about who they voted for winning, know what? They're going to be so heartbroken and will have the opportunity to point them to Jesus. Listen, we know someone who keeps his promises. We know someone who's promised that one day there will be utopia on earth. And listen, you can be a part of that. You can know him and you can be there when he brings heaven to earth. Hmm. Do you know the other half of the people in our country are really crushed? They're so angry because the person they put their hope in wasn't elected. Um, but know what? When we're around people that are crushed, we need to point them to Jesus. Because Jesus said what? I am making all things new. Listen, you put your hope in the wrong place. Jesus is the one who says, I am making all things new. And you know what he says to us? Join me. Don't waste your life. Join me in making all all things new. So what are you going to do? Sit on the sidelines and complain? Or are you going to join Jesus and make all things new? What a great time to be a Christian and to point people to Jesus because everybody needs Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Do you think this week you'll talk to anybody who's disappointed? Do you? Maybe they're disappointed by what they got for Christmas. Maybe they're disappointed in their family. They got together and their family disappointed them. Maybe their pastor disappointed them. Isn't that a great opportunity to, to share Christ with people, isn't it? Isn't it great when people are disappointed to ask them, why do you think things in life always disappoint us? Have you ever wondered that? Why is it in life that so many things always disappoint us? You know why? Because we were created for something so much more. What we're, we're created for was a person named Jesus. What we were created for is a place, paradise on earth. And we will only be satisfied, we'll only be truly happy forever when we're in that person and place. Listen, would you like to be there? Would you? You really, really can be because Jesus gives it to all who believe in him. Oh, what a great time to be a Christian, to offer hope to people. He who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Right, for these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. He who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son Oh, dear people, person and place forever. Let's pray.
Jesus, we are so thankful you came to seek and save the lost, and we're so thankful you're coming again to bring heaven to earth so what our hearts so long for, person and place, can be ours forever. Listen, if you've never made a reservation in heaven, you've never believed in Jesus, won't you today? I mean, he's here. Won't you admit to him, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry? And, and won't you believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose? And won't you commit, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior and forgive me and, and give me eternal life. I want to do life with you. I want to do eternity with you. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. If you've done that for the first time, won't you mark it on your card? We'd love to, to pray for you and celebrate with you. Lord, it's your people. I pray this week we would get up each day and we, we, we would put our leash on us and leash ourselves to you. And remember, we can't lose to live as Christ and to die as gain. Lord, I pray this week that we would share our leash with others, that we would let others see you making us new, that we would seek to renew every place you send us. And Lord, this week I pray that you would open up doors for us to share the hope we have with others. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.